All right, welcome to the Fit Vegan Podcast. I'm your show host, Maxim Seguin, and I'm the founder and CEO of Fit Vegan Coaching, a company that is on a mission to help 10,000 people get lean, thrive, and reduce their risk of chronic illnesses by 2033 and a million by 2050. I believe that having a fit, healthy body in mind is the foundation to living an incredible life, and this is what little show will give you if you choose to listen and implement. Enjoy the episode and have a great day. All right. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Fit Vegan Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, Corinne Sutton, who is a three times pro vegan bodybuilder, U.S. military vet, author, speaker, master fitness trainer, and founder of Body HD Fitness, which has some incredible transformations. Brother, how are you doing today? Everything's good. And yourself? Good. Excited to have you on. Hey, thanks for, yeah. thanks for inviting me, man. Truly appreciate yeah, it. Of course. Well, you know, the, the name of the podcast is Fit Vegan, and I see all these trophies behind you. Um, yeah, dude, how, how long have you been bodybuilding? Oh, uh, man, I, I want to say over a decade by now. Yeah, over 10 years. And, and so what, what came first, veganism or bodybuilding? Uh, veganism came first before the bodybuilding. Yeah. Okay. So, how, um, how many years ago was that? Uh, that was 11 years ago. So I was vegan first and, uh, did that for a year. And then, then I jumped right into bodybuilding right after. So what was, what was the, the motive towards like transitioning to veganism? Um, mostly for me, it was, I mean, it pretty much all started when I was in college at the time and I was in, I think it's called, yeah, public, public public speaking course. And Gary Roski actually came into my classroom to do his speech about yep. um, veganism. It was, it's called like the best speech ever on, you can find it on YouTube. Uh, he actually I've came, heard of it. Yeah. 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 So I saw I actually saw him live, you know, um, he actually walked into the classroom, did the same exact speech uh, that you'll find on the internet in my classroom. And that's what pretty much um, set the bar because when I saw, saw his speech, um, he definitely convinced me because we were learning about persuasive speaking and yeah. um, he persuaded me. I was just like, oh, man, I've never seen someone so passionate about a diet and a lifestyle. And I didn't under, I didn't know. I never heard that side of of like farming, you know, because obviously in my mind, I thought farming was different. I think a lot of people do. And yeah. uh, even to this day, you know, uh, people think like farming the animals are, are not sentient. They don't feel pain. They get treated nicely. And, you know, and, and what sucks today versus now is because we have the internet. And even though there's so much truth out there, like you see the documentaries putting it out there, showing the truth, yeah. like you have a lot of people who's, who's promoting meat and those sh like one farmer just has to show like a cow being treated nicely. And then the individual who consumes meat would take that and say, that's where I get my meat from, you know, knowing that, yeah. you know, just to make yourself feel good about it. And, um, and I think that's, that's what's wrong. That's the problem with uh, today because I feel like everyone is, uh, you know, every, every, everyone's nice. Everyone don't want to do harm. But we don't want to actually know like what we're doing is directly creating harm, you know. And I think that's it's a big pill to swallow, you know, to know that. But 
for me, like, I, I took it at, as it is. Like, I, I've been in war before. I've seen the worst side of people. So, I mean, once, once you go to war and being in the military, it's like nothing surprises you after that. You know what I'm saying? So, so for me, it was easy to take in, take in and see, see that, that side of animals or what's going on. And that's, that's what pretty much helped me transition into it a lot better because it, it was a surreality chat, you know, it's just like, Hey man, this is, this is the shit that's happening to these animals and this is what you're doing. And I didn't know. And when I knew I was like, all right, well, now I know what can I do? So I tried it out, you know, tra slowly transitioned, it took me time. I went pescatarian first and uh, yeah. started losing weight, started looking good, feeling good. And, um, and a majority of my, and when I went pescatarian, I didn't, I didn't do no eggs, no milk. It was all plant-based, just, just the fish from time to time for protein. But the more yeah. I learned about the diet, the, the more I started eliminating fish out of my diet because I didn't see any purpose to have it in, in my diet anymore. And then eventually, excuse me, I was uh, eating a hundred, a full whole food plant-based diet. Cause at the time there was no like mock meats and stuff like that. So it was like the only way to do it. Yeah. And, um, and from there, that's when I realized, Hey, Hey, it's, it's easy. It's simple. Like I feel better. I have more energy, more mental clarity. And I know I'm doing something that's not directly harming animals, like from the animals I used to eat. And, and that's it. I mean, I just continue to go with it from there. Yeah. Well, so many things I wanted to add, like, um, yeah, I agree with you. People see the picture of the cow on the mm -hmm. carton of milk, um, or just, they see a little commercial of a really happy cow and they're like, oh yeah, they're all well treated and they all come from the, from this place. And it's a bit of, of disillusion. And as much as like, especially with social media, now people can see inside of the factory farms, they're still, mm -hmm. I guess, choosing not to keep this image in your head. And they choose yeah. to keep the image of the happy cow and that they're not causing any harm because I think that's people's nature. They don't want to cause harm at the core. Yeah. Yeah. I believe so too. And, you know, and, and it's easy to I mean, if, if I really, I, I know how hard it is to change for normal people. It, it's, it's pretty difficult to change something because there's so many ties to it. And I, I had to go through it myself. Like, you know, like holidays and parties and gatherings and going out yeah. with with friends and family. Like I understand it's cultural. Me, like, yeah, it's very cultural. So understand how, why it's such a big. Uh, it's hard for a lot of people, and and people are so against it. Uh, but once you get over that, like it's it's pretty simple. I mean, it doesn't stop me from hanging out with the friends I used to hang out with. It I mean I think I actually made more friends and and have better friends because they're more in uh, me i was always into health and fitness anyway so for me actually yeah. it kind of like narrowed in to more friends that was not just vegan but really into fitness and really into taking care of themselves you know so it kind of like helped me even surround myself with better people not trying to say like vegans are better than other people but mean let's quit this video <laughs> <laughs> but but you know I me mean, i but going down that path i mean i found some like enlightened people you know so it's pretty cool yeah for sure 
you know, talking about like making that transition, the holidays and all these things are, can be challenging, but I'm curious for you, how was that shift in identity from, you know, we talk about like, you need meat to be a man and whatever, especially coming from the military background. I'm going to assume that like that identity was kind of reinforced. So how was that for you to kind of change that and go the opposite direction? Um, I mean, for, for me, I never, I never had food to really identify to me like that. Like, I mean, I, I joke about it, you know, like even in the military we would joke, like, but it wasn't like literally, you know? <laughs> so it was yeah. like, so it, it was just like, yeah, man. Yeah. You know, but nothing yeah. nothing like to that extent like yeah th- like if i if i don't eat meat who am i you know it, it never got to that extent um even even the military friends i have till this day uh I still talk to them like they they all respect me you know what i'm saying like they're my friends um yeah you know i went to war with them and stuff like that so they they know like you know i'm legit like you know like yeah, there's yeah. nothing to prove you know and and dietary preference has nothing to do with that. You know what I mean? It's, it's about what's, what you have in here and, and what, what you actually done in the military, you know, and people know I put in my work, I put in my time. Uh, I was a respectful leader. Um, you know, I did my part to the best, you know, so it, it, it was never really a, a significant, um, identity thing. I, I feel yeah. that online, you, it's different because like I that's the only thing I could say is like from my experience like I have people who try to challenge my identity and my sexual yeah. preference from my diet but I don't pay that's attention to that yeah you know become like what you're going to base it off of a 30 second reel are you serious yeah you know like <laughs> so I, I know it's it's nothing I don't even pay too much attention to it but um you know i I never really went through that issue but i know it is a it is a problem and the only the only thing i i could say that i've ever experienced when it came to like like uh when it comes to that is probably like the soy thing you know Uh, okay i remember when i remember when i was in high school i went to gnc and i was about to get soy protein powder just because it was cheaper you know, and I yeah. was like looking in the back. I was like, "Yo, this thing has high protein," and the, and the guy was like, "Oh, that's for women. You don't want to take that because you'll grow gyno." And I was like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "He's like, try this muscle tech." And I was like, "All right, cool." Yeah. You know? <laughs> I remember muscle tech. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that was the only thing, and I stuck with muscle tech and the GNC supplements for for a long time. Until I realized that all oh, that's BS, you know what I'm saying, and then I was like, yeah. and obviously, when once I went vegan, once I went vegan, um, that was like one of the first proteins I was doing, like soy protein or the brown rice protein, because uh, there was no good protein companies out there <laughs> at the time. Yeah. So like, and both of them taste like straight cardboard, you know. So. Yeah. <laughs> I remember downing the brown rice protein, putting stevia and sugar in there. I'm like, man, if it's this, I'm like, whew, I had some bad protein powders, but man, this, yeah. I was like, this might be a little rough. Dude, it's so funny because so I've been vegan for, I'm going on 10 years now. So around the mm-hmm. same time that you kind of went, yeah. so a lot of those products and types of protein didn't exist. 
Mm-mm. So people complain about the protein now being chalky. <laughs> yeah. They don't know what it was like. <laughs> they don't know how it's like before back then. I'm like, I'm like, bro, the vegan, <laughs> the vegan product stepped up by a lot in su- in such a short period of time. I was like, because yeah. like you said, like, man, the brown rice and soy protein, woo, they were not good. Yeah. Like, yeah, just straight I would literally hold my nose and just chug it down. But a lot of protein powders wasn't that great back then, if you kind of think about it, because I remember, like, um, I don't know if you remember, but you remember the Met, I think it's like Metrex, the big 50? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That thing was just a, a, a cardboard candy bar. <laughs> like it's like yeah. 80 grams of protein. He saw all the bodybuilders doing it. I was like, man, I want to be big like them. I still bought that thing. I was like, yeah, man, this bar is Dude. trash. Like yeah. they tasted gross. There was a, it was like an all the company All Max. They made like a mm-hmm. mass gainer. I can't. Remember, it was like I can't remember what it was. But dude, I remember just taking those like those uh those bulking shakes. Yeah. And, was, and one of them was called incredible bulk mm-hmm. and it came in like a five like a like a, <laughs> a gallon jar that you like feed horses with yeah. and you had to put four scoops of it and that was like 90 percent of your shaker and you just had to put a little bit of water and like shake it oh, add yeah. a little it bit of water so and shake it yeah 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 <laughs> i used to do the max gainers too back then back in the days too yeah and it was oh, so yeah, hard on your stomach like, <laughs> I, was like yeah. I was like super bloated and I thought that was normal. I was just yeah. like, I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, all man. those bodybuilders have a big stomach. I have GH gut, but there's just you think it's because of the bloating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I spend so much money on those on those supplements. Yeah, and yeah, like, I think that's when like the like not to go down that road, but like protein farts. I think like that's when it became a thing. When, yeah, like, all of those products kind of came out because that like no one was able to digest that shit. It was so terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was so bad. Cause I remember I used to have stomach pains and I'd be like, oh, I guess it's just part of it. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you just settled and you're just like, it's just part of it. It'll go away in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just suffer for a little bit because I need to get my protein and my dextrose. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I'm curious, like how much, I'm curious, like how much protein are you consuming now and how much were you trying to consume back then when you're on those like mass gainers? Truthfully, um, I mean, back then I, I, I wasn't even counting, you know, it was just, just as much know, as possible. Try, yeah. As much as possible. They're like, you saw protein meat, you just eat it, you know? So yeah. uh, I just remember being in the military, like any, any type of meat. I would try to add that into my diet as much as possible. Um, so I, I, I couldn't even tell you if, if I if I knew unless I was tracking. But um, I know like now uh, about like at least about 185, sometimes 200, sometimes I hit the 200, but usually like average 185 right now. Yeah, which I can assume that's a lot lower because you had a mass gainer plus a bunch of meat. You definitely passed that by breakfast time at that point. Yeah, because I I would do the mass the mass gainer was just a like you know I think there were there were like fifty grams of protein or something like that and then it had a bunch of calories and stuff and then um, yeah. you know breakfast I remember I used to do like the sausages eggs grits uh, with the biscuit and gravy that's like a signature in the military like any military guy who's listening they be like oh yeah I know exactly what this guy's talking about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
and then um, I remember lunch was always up in the air if it was a Salisbury steak or maybe it's chicken. Um, you know, maybe we have steak and lobster, fish, uh, even hamburgers and, and fish sandwiches. Uh, because they in the military, we have like two lines. We have like regular chow, which is just like regular food. And then you have yeah. fast chow, which is like fast food. And I would go through both lines because I would get the regular food and then go to the fast chow and just bring some back to my room, you know, just to get a little bit more extra protein in. Then I would have the pro the mass gainer plus dinner, dinner chow, whatever they serve, which is sim pretty similar to lunch. Uh, I would have that as well, you know, but I wasn't really counting anything. I was just like protein, Eating protein, everything. protein. Yeah. Just, just get protein in, you know, like everything else. Like I would eat salad. I would eat fruit. I would get my veggies. Uh, but my primary focus was just trying to get as much protein in, into my system because that's what we were taught back then, you know? Yeah. That's what the muscle and fitness magazines and all the all the of magazines talked about is just get as much protein as possible. Absolutely. And, and it would say like, um, you know, have red meat. I remember I remember to this day is uh, they would tell you, like, only do red meat like once or twice a week, you know, but then try to majority eat like get your protein from eggs, chicken and fish, you know. So that's that's what I would try to do or follow, you know, the most. Yeah, that that was that was our social media. That was the way to influence kind of the bodybuilding and the fitness community at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, like, is it what made you want to transition into bodybuilding after you transitioned to, to veganism? Truthfully, truthfully, it was just a friend. I, I was at the beach one time and, um, you know, I was pretty ripped at six pack. You know, and uh, one of my friends was like, bro, like, excuse me, he, he just came up to me like, bro, like, I think you should do bodybuilding. And I was like, why? You know, like, <laughs> got, <laughs> I was like, why? Everyone's yeah. first reaction when they hear about bodybuilding is you want me to wear a Speedo and go on stage and flex? It's like, what do you want me to do that? <laughs> yeah, because to me, I was just like, man, I'm not even that big. What are you talking about, man? Like, like these I'm like, you know how big a bodybuilder is? I don't even know how to get that. Like, because I had no idea about yeah, steroids, yeah. nothing. You know, I was just like, yeah. I have no idea how these guys even get that big. Like, as long as I've been training, I was like, these guys are humongous. And yeah. uh, he was just like, bro, like, there's different levels to it. That You know, they have amateur and, and X, Y, and Z. Because at the time, I, I, I was doing personal training at the time. But... um I mean, I wasn't doing no sport. I mean, the only I was doing something rec more recreational. It was like, um, I don't know if if you, if you have it in your area, but kickball. Uh, we, yeah, I heard of it. Yeah, yeah, you know, like the social sport, like you play kickball with co-ed, and then at after the games, you go to a bar and drink. So that's what I was doing. I was just doing that because it was fun and it was easy to meet up with people. But um, yeah, he came up to me and just said like yeah there's amateur leagues and he showed me a friend a friend of him his that was competing in the show that got like third place and and he's like look like i'm not trying to make fun of him but you look better in him and he showed me the picture and i was like yeah he does look, he, he sucks right? he's, <laughs> he's like he's like see he doesn't have a six pack yo and um what was funny is that once he showed me that picture I started doing some research 
going online and you know it's not remember like google like google wasn't at its best during, back then like yeah. this is like 10 11 years ago so google wasn't like how it is now social media was at its infant stage so like you know you couldn't really find people if you wanted to uh, a lot of people were just posting their life you know and yeah. like pictures you know it was no competition or nothing people were just sharing things like there's no one, no one didn't even know what to do with those things, right? So, like, yeah. um, back then, so I remember I, I did find some coaches online, but they wanted, like, a lot of money. They wanted, like, 5K and stuff like that. And, you know, at the time, you know, I was in college yeah. and going to school. I was like, man, that's a lot of money, like, for 12 months. Like, that's crazy. Uh, so, so, and here, here's, here's the funny part. Um, I went to, I remember going to a nightclub. And I met up with one of my friends and she, she was actually dating a bodybuilding coach who's my coach now, even to this day. Um, and when I met him in the club, he just like, Hey, if you want to do, if you want to do the bodybuilding thing, just hit me up. And then after the club thought about a couple of days, hit him up. And then he, then I kind of just started from there because I was just like, right, let's try it out. You know, let's see, let's see where this takes me, you know? Yeah. And, and I remember the first day training with this this guy, and he had to think like I'm a fitness trainer. I already have a six pack, and I was in the military. So I bought in my mind. I'm thinking I'm already this shit. Yeah, <laughs> it was a rude awakening, man. <laughs> like 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 the first bodybuilding leg workout. He's like, I'm like, what's the first workout? He's like, we're gonna do a leg day. Brutal. Like I remember he's doing triple drop sets. Like lunges yeah. till failure. I was like, I was like, bro, like this is crazy, <laughs> you know. I was, he's like, he's like, go again. I'm like, again. I just did 15 reps. He's like, now do it again. <laughs> like he, because we're doing triple drops, and I was like, and yeah. I never been, never did a drop set in my life. And I was like, what? And then he dropped it again, 15. What? And I'm like burning, and I'm just like, oh my god, this is crazy. Um, like I said, it was just a rude awakening. And it definitely humbled me. Like the first couple of workouts definitely humbled me. Because I'm like, yeah, um, military training and just being a personal trainer, like training, like doing that type of training and stuff I know, like athletic training, like as a bodybuilder is a totally different level, you know? And that's when yeah. I, that's when, but from the training, I mean, obviously you get adapted to it. You get used to it. You really understand the dynamics of it. And you start seeing crazy results when you stick to it and just be consistent, you know? Uh, and that's what happened to me. I was just like, yo, like everything's growing. So it's working, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> so I just kept yeah. going with it. It's so much volume and, but you get such a crazy pump because there's just so much blood flow driven Absolutely. to that muscle that you just like, yeah, yeah, you can't walk because your legs are so jacked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause I, I was, I was so big on eight and 12 reps, like for a long yeah. time, you know, um, until like I started doing bodybuilding and started doing like these high repetitions and stuff like that. And I'm just like, yo, this is crazy. <laughs> you know? so, yeah. That's what brings in the conditioning, right? That's what makes people yeah. look so conditioned. Mm -hmm. So absolutely, you basically, you basically went, uh, you did bodybuilding basically during the era of like Phil Heath, Kai Green and all these guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so who who did you look up to in your bodybuilding years when you started competing 
None of them. I still don't. <laughs> like, because, <laughs> because they're mass because, monsters. That was the era of mass monsters. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew about them, but I like, here's a, here's the thing. Like I was never really like into the sport like that. Like, yeah. You know, um, even, even when I read magazines, I just wanted to get jacked, you know, but it wasn't like I had an idol that looked up to like, I want to be like this guy. I'm like, I just want to be big, like just build some muscle, look good, you know? Yeah. Uh, so even when, even when those guys were competing and stuff, like I never, I never really watched them. I just focused on my, on me and that's it. Um, because yeah. my purpose was different. Like, I, you know, even when, even to this day, even when I'm doing bodybuilding now, um, I'm not trying to be like Mr. Olympia and stuff like that. Like I already know my limit with this sport, you know? So yeah. For because I know what it takes to get to that level, like obviously now, like I know, like yeah, you need to get on gear, you need to, a lot of gear, like, <laughs> yeah, a lot of gear, and and you have to like, and that ends nothing against people who do it, but like I know if you, I, I feel like if you're going to do it, you better do something for real with it, not just like just to look good, you know, you better like take it somewhere for sure. Um, but yeah, for me, I'm just like, yeah, I don't see myself like taking it to that to that limit especially now i'm like 38 years old so i'm like i think i already missed that mark already but um yeah that's how that's how i looked at it i was just i just want to do it now just for fun um it gets me out of trouble too because in my younger years i should drink a lot and partying a lot and like doing bodybuilding now it's like a good recreational sport because it helps you stay healthy yeah. you know uh some people might think it's not healthy but it depends how you do it you know, like, uh, you know, if you're dieting all year round and just killing yourself, like, of course, like, that's not going to help uh, when it comes to health. But if you're doing it for for like positive things in your life, I, I don't see anything wrong with it. You know, taking breaks when you need to take a break, you know, take doing your blood tests annually or, or every every two, two, three times a year. Uh, and, yeah. and I focus, I've heavily focused on um my fiber intake and, and micronutrients as well. Even when I'm dieting, I, I highly focus on that. So, um, you know, for me, it's just healthier. It, it just helps with my lifestyle so I can focus on things that's more important versus things that's really toxic in my life, you know? Yeah. So how many, so how many competitions do you do per year? Um, it, it, it varies, but I think overall I've already done since I've been doing the sport, I've won over 28 different shows and I think nice. I've done over 30 shows. You know, kind of know like there's a couple shows I lost. Like, I just did not place that all. Yeah. I just got my, yeah. got my butt kicked. Um, but, but I, but I know it's 28, one somewhere around 30, maybe a little bit more 31, 32, something like that, that I've done overall. Okay. So like roughly like two, three per year. Cause you've been at it for like a decade now if, if you average it out yeah because yeah. i mean in the beginning in in the beginning i i, I was obsessed like after the first show i did like five to like, i'm shredded let me just do me. another one i'm yeah shredded. like keep stacking like them. a lot of numbers accumulated in the first like like two or three years i would just do them back to back i was just like oh man let's do another one let's do another one you know like i was just yeah, yeah. i loved it i was obsessed but then after a while um you know, because I was chasing for the pro cards, like because I was doing the tested leagues in the beginning, and 
I was just chasing that pro card. So after that, once I once I got the third one in another tested league, then I was like, I started changing my focus to like the IFBB one because I was like, all right, like this is hard. This is untested. Yeah. You know, I'm going against guys who's on on gear. Like, so this is, this, it really, you know, and it takes a lot because it's not like it's a lot of people think it's impossible, but it's not impossible. Like you can get the pro card as an, as a natural. It's just, yeah. it's, it's just extremely hard. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the only problem. And, and, and it depends how you're trying to get it as well. That, that yeah. matters too, because like for me, I know, I know I could get it if I went to physique i know i can get it yeah but i don't want to do physique because i don't like physique yeah i want to yeah. do it as a bodybuilder so yeah and that's why it's hard because i'm trying to do something that's like you know you need a lot of muscle uh especially yeah. in in npc you need a lot of muscle uh for to get that pro card uh but last year you know i got multiple second places at pro qualifiers so I'm pretty close, you know. Ten years yeah. in second place. Now. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's but, patience and consistency right there. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, and that's the thing, you know, like for, it's not a rush for me too, because again, like once I get the pro card, then it the thing is, it's like, w what can I do after? And and after yeah. it's going to really slow down. I already know that, so, um, you know, because there's only like a few shows that's like tested in the NPC as, as that you can do as IFBB pro, you know? Yeah. So, and I, I kind of told myself like after that, like, I don't know what I might do, you know, like, I don't know yeah. if I'll still continue to do bodybuilding or if I might retire and just do a different sport, change up the sport and do something different, you know? Yeah. Cause I know Come like do an Iron Man with me. Well, that's the thing because I, I know like, you told me you just when we, before we started you were saying like you do the ironmans and stuff and truthfully like that was something i was actually thinking about but maybe starting off with cycling first you know and see where that goes good because, yeah yeah because i that's one thing i do like and even to this day i i'll do just, like the spin class i know like spin is not it's different on the road. I know that. So, yeah. <laughs> like, well, a but, little bit, but yeah, it's a great yeah. place to start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but I do, I do spinning a lot. You know, I do at least like, I try to get it in at least once a week. But, um, but I feel like if, if I do let go of bodybuilding, that would be the next transition. Because truthfully, like, to be like the bulking and, and all this stuff, like, I don't, and it sounds weird coming from a bodybuilder, but I'm not the typical bodybuilder. Like, I feel better when I'm actually in a cut versus when I'm in the bulk. Like, I don't, I don't really, yeah. like, I, I don't enjoy bulking so much because I feel like. So much food, man. It's so much food and you're not as active, you know? And, like, yeah. I can't, because I could do the cardio. The cardio is fine, but I feel better when I do the cardio, you know? I yeah. can even tell from my heart rate and everything. Like, everything's improved. It, like VO2 max, all that stuff is. I have better vitals when I when I'm cutting and doing high amounts of cardio, versus when I'm just like eating and sitting around like a lazy guy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like so, like yeah. yeah, I could put more emphasis in the lifts, but it. I don't know. I feel like the cardio is just 
it's healthier for you. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, that feeling of like you feel like being leaner, tighter, more athletic. I feel like mm -hmm. it's like you just you feel better throughout the day versus when you're bigger and just getting that. You feel good during that workout when you're bigger, but the yeah. rest you just like you just feel heavy, slower. You're always so mm -hmm. full. It's yeah, not as enjoyable. You always feel always yeah, like the fullness. You always feel full in the stomach. Like you don't feel never feel empty and you know. So. But yeah. I know, I know, like for the sport, it's, it's necessary because, you know, like when I got second, a couple second places in these pro shows last year, um, I, in, and that was 2023 in 2022, I took about six to eight months off, you know, and that, yeah. and that helped me with my placings last year. So that's why I'm like, I'm not jumping into the show quickly because I'm like, yeah, you know, if that helped. If I'm taking that off season, let me take another off season, you know, bulk up some more, more muscle, you know, yeah. and, and then try again in 2025 and see how it goes, you know? And, and like everything in my mind is like 2025 is the year I'm just going to focus on just pro shows. Like I'm just going to do one nationally qualified after that pro shows for the rest of the year until I get it. Like, I already have my mind set up because it's just like in my mind, I'm just like, yeah, I'm not doing shows that doesn't if, if it's if I can't get a card, you know, yeah. I'm only focusing on shows that got that I can get a card. I'm not going to waste money on other things, you know? Yeah, for sure. So let, let, let's talk about nutrition. Like how how yeah. does your how do you structure your nutrition when you're trying to do a muscle building phase and when you're doing a kind of fat loss phase just for. I know what the yeah. answer is going to be, but for the people listening that are kind of <laughs> like hearing bulking and fat loss cycles. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. Nothing really changes. Um, only thing that changes the most is really the portion sizes, you know? So, um, cause when I'm cutting, I do, I, I carb cycle when I, when I cut. So there's certain, so if I'm in a, in a deficit day, like I usually do like Monday through Friday, would be a deficit. So majority of that diet is a lot of vegetables, like a lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables. Mm -hmm. uh, so you're talking about tons of berries, uh, tons of like spinach and, and kale, bell peppers, mushrooms, onions, uh, garlic, foods like that. Because uh, again, I focus on a lot of my micronutrients. I want to make sure I'm getting high amounts of fiber because that's what keeps you satiated in the diet. And then, yeah. you know, I have my lean proteins like tofu, seitan, um, and then then also like because now now they, we have it, the Kite Hill Greek yogurt. So I do that majority of the time when I'm in the cutting phase. Um, rice and beans, I, I, that's limited only on a refeed. I'll incorporate yeah. that. But, um, but during the, the cutting days, it's, it's mostly that, just – Tofu, seitan, um, the Kite Hill yogurt, berries, and tons of vegetables. Um, and then in the bulking phase, like, it's, it's the same stuff because I, I, I try, again, I want to get my micronutrients in. But then I, I incorporate more rice, more beans, more quinoa. Um, I even do cereals, you know, oatmeal or uh, raisin. It, it's not raisin brand, but it's like the the whole foods version, which is like healthier and it's organic. Uh, I yeah. have their version or the brown rice, crisp cereals, 
uh, more breads. Um, and then and, and obviously I eat out a little bit more frequently or do take out a little bit more frequently because yeah. and, and use more oils and stuff like that just to try to get calories up. But um, yeah. that's that's really the only difference, like a little bit more foods. Um, but then I'll, I'll incorporate more more uh, calorie dense foods, like I said, like breads and cereals just to get the calories up because it's, it's really hard to do it whole foods plant based. Like it's yeah, it's extremely it's a hard, lot of food. Know? It's it's so much food. So you're just chewing like, all day, basically. <laughs> yeah, and, and and you get full. Like um, you know, even before even before this um, this podcast, I had uh, quinoa with lentils, with sweet potatoes, um, tofu, and and beans, and yeah. that huge dish, like, and it's huge because you know you know how it is, like. You know, to get yeah. those calories up, I'm doing like 300 grams of sweet potatoes and like, you know, like yeah. 200 and something grams of beans. And so like, it's, it's literally my, my plate is full. And once I finished eating, I had the ice. I was like, I, I need to take a little 15 minute nap because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I need to take a little nap because like, if I come here, if I try to fight it out, I'm going to be yeah. very lethargic and not like funny or anything on this show. So I did yeah. a little 15 minute nap and now I feel great. And you saw like you're drinking the coffee. So it's like, yeah, yeah. I was like, man. waking back up. Mm -hmm. do, do you, do you track, do you track like your calories when you're doing a bulk or just kind of eyeball it? And you know that you're kind of consuming enough just kind of by. Like, I, I still track. I mean, I, I still track. I mean, I enjoy tracking. Um, it's not really an issue for me because I, I like knowing yeah. what I get, you know? Yeah. Um, but I'm not, I'm not, I, I would say I'm not so strict on myself. So it's not like, Oh, I have to hit these macros. Like I'm, I'm not super strict. I'm more relaxed. So if I go over fats, whatever, if I go over protein, yeah. go over, if I go over nutrients, I'm not, I'm not bugging about it, you know? Yeah. Um, because I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not. I'm not even fo that focused in my aesthetics, really. And especially this bulk, I'm not really focused on on my aesthetics. I'm like, as long as I'm healthy, I'm fine. You know, like, yeah, I, I don't care about like the ripped six pack and all that stuff. I'm like, as long as I'm healthy and you can see something down there, that's all that matters. Like, I can have a little bit of extra fluff. It's not a problem, you know. Um, you know, yeah, it's whatever, so you know question for you because a lot of people want to like look like you right they want to put on a bunch of muscle but they're like but i don't want to put any fat on while i'm doing a muscle building phase like what what's your take on again we talked about getting a little bit of fluff i think you know it, it comes with the territory as you yeah i mean you could you could do it you could I mean it's possible but i mean it is harder that way too yeah you take know? a while and yeah it, it's harder it takes it takes a longer time and then I think mentally it, 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 it drains you too, because like it does restrict you from like regular things like lifestyle stuff, you know, and for someone like me who does bodybuilding, I already know how restrictive it is um, when it comes to lifestyle, when you're dieting. So I me, mean, yeah. I can still have fun and stuff like, because I'm not, I'm not these bodybuilders that I'll sit in a cave and don't talk to nobody, <laughs> Like I'll still go out, but like, I, like I would literally sit at a table. You're talking to a guy that I would sit at a table while everyone's eating and everything, eating good stuff. 
I'll just get like a little small salad and some some uh, uh, bubble water, you know, and that's it. I'm pretty good. Yeah, because I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'm not going to get fat eating a salad. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like, so I'm, I'm not like, cra- <laughs> yeah, I'm not like crazy strict on myself. Like, I, I know what I can and can't do. And I know the yeah. days when I I, ha- I can't go out. Like if it's like, like if I'm like a week out, two weeks out from a show, that's that's why I'm like, sorry guys, I, I have to like really focus. I need to make sure my sleep is good. But if I'm twelve weeks, sixteen is out, sixteen weeks, like yeah, I mean I'll go out, I'll stay up late a little bit. You know, I just won't, I won't eat late. You know, I won't eat heavy foods and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'll just have something very light, something very simple. Um. But that's the thing, you know, when when uh, you're bulking, that's the time to like reconnect and go out and have fun and not not put so much pressure on yourself. Like if, if you want to have yeah. an ice cream late at night, have, have the ice cream late at night, you know, like it's like like I'm not live a little. I'm, yeah, you live you know, a little. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not bugging about it. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like. Yeah, and I know the consequences too because I know like, hey, if I have this ice cream late at night, my sleep is gonna suck, right? But I'm yeah. bulking, so it's like, it's like, uh, whatever, man. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm more yeah. relaxed because it's like I, you know, I I have in my mind I have a timeline already. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing a whole year. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I don't have to. You know, it's all about building muscle. Like I don't have to like be so hard on myself it's really the cutting when i get hard because it's like you're you want you're trying to preserve all i mean you're you're in a deficit so you're trying to preserve all the muscle that you built from the off season as well preserve as much energy that you have so you can utilize it efficiently in that cut you know yeah Uh, because you don't want to get burnt out like that's that's the last thing you want is is burning burning yourself out and cut multiple times yeah, you know, so yeah. that's the only thing I, I would say about that. It's like, you know, if you're going on a bulk, like embrace it. Like it's it's easier. I'm not I'm embrace not saying the fluff. Yeah, embrace it. You know, I'm not saying like, you know, to get get your body fat percent up to where you're overweight and obese because now now it's counterproductive. Like it's not it, it's not bulking at that point. I think it's yeah, it's, not, <laughs> it's definitely you're just fat, you know. So it's yeah. like so yeah. it's yeah. like now it's counterproductive, but you know, like I, I would say, put put a, a, a limit on yourself. So even if you have to yeah. recomp, you could you recomp. You're like, all right, I, I was too relaxed because my limit is at twelve percent, and then I gave myself a stretch to fifteen. So I'm like, all right, if I hit twelve, that that's when I have to start thinking about like the food. Like, all right, do I need to cut back? Do I need to clean it up a little bit? But if I'm fine how I look, then the stretch is 15. Now, once I'm at 15, that that's when I'm no. That's when I know to myself, like, all right, I need to cut back a little bit because anything beyond that, now I'm now I'm like kind of pushing the envelope. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I know at 15, like, I probably won't be that secure with myself. I'll probably be like, oh man, I'm pretty fat, man. Can you, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, even though yeah. it's so healthy, I'll probably be like, oh man, you know. So, so like are different when you compete of like, yeah. like, like chunky, you're just like, yeah, I get it. 15. You're like, yeah, starting to, <laughs> the, the, the so, chest is puffy. The stomach is puffy. Love handles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's why I'm like, eh, you know, I'll cut back a little bit, 
but but again i have i have uh like a a mark in my mind where i'm like all right i know how much fun i can do and stuff like that and if i have yeah. to cut back i cut back because again like at the end of the year i mean i don't want to be at like 20 percent, 25 percent body fat it's and a big then, cut like, try and cut all of this all the way down to single digits man like i already know how hard it just get to single digits and then trying to push in the envelope to go even lower. Like it's, it's super yeah. hard. So it's like, so I don't, and I see, and I, and I train my clients and I see how hard it is for them. So like, that's what yeah, I don't want to do for myself. Yeah. I'm like, so, I don't want to get that high and then try to spend all this time to get to single digits and then even lower, uh, just to have a limit. So then, you know, like 15%, even if I got 15, it's not, I mean, I could lower that in a few months, you know, it's not, it's not a big deal. Yeah. So what do you, so obviously like people think that they see like those photos of like you and I or other people and they were super shredded and they think that you can just like maintain that all year round when you're super low one digit, like mm. what's your experience with, I'm sure you've tried to maintain a low body fat when you first started. Cause we all do. Right. We're like, I yeah. look so good. Let me just try to maintain that. Like, would you now obviously you're a little bit wiser in your experience because you competed a lot like would you recommend that people trying to stay that low in body fat where do you hover for the most part when you're like trying um, to be healthy i i feel i feel like it, it depends where you are in life and what and and your purpose so like with me my purpose in the beginning was because i was starting a fitness business i'm going online so uh i needed a lot of media and i needed to show people why a like you know, veganism is healthy. You can be ripped. You can be like, you know, you can look like me uh, because building yeah. my business, you know, like who, who's going to train with a trainer that looks fat, you know, and, yeah. and, and looks super fluffy, especially with all this competition out there now, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And so that's, that was my purpose. And, and I was showing people that, but at the same time, being that lean, it, it, it's not that it's hard. It's just that when it comes to my personal goals, that becomes hard because something has to become a sacrifice, right? Uh, so, yeah. so what's the sacrifice was my personal goals, right? When it comes to bodybuilding itself, so that that was the sacrifice until I was like, all right, you know, you know, I got my business at a good place. I think I made a point. I have a lot of pictures and media of me shredded. Like, I think I could do a bulk and like really show like people this other side of bodybuilding show the other side of me now um yeah you know, i made a name for myself already so now doing that that opens up a, a different crowd of people because people who follows you and for a long period of time they're like yeah man he's always shredded he was crazy but then they're like whoa he's doing a real bulk oh, you know and now it's like to them they're like this yeah. is new like this is new like we want to see Corinne, like Corinne on a bulk that's crazy yeah and yeah. um and, and, and I think, and, and that's me, you know, because again, like, you know, um, I'm online, I run a business, you know, things are about business too, you know, so, um, that's just how it is, you know, and, um, yeah. I feel, and I'm just being true, tr really transparent here, but, um, I feel like for regular people, like it, it really depends where you are. Like, I don't think you, it's necessary to be shredded all year round, especially, if you're not in the fitness yeah. business, I think that if you're not in it, like you're you're better off like doing the bulks and and doing the cuts. But it but even with that, you have to have a goal too. Like, what's your goal? Like, when you're going on this bulk, like how much muscle are you trying to build? Like, everything should be planned and structured. 
because yeah. I've seen it where people t- took bulks too far, where they're always on a bulk. I'm like, bro, you never shred. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not a bulk at that point it just yeah the title. <laughs> like, you just like to eat man you know like yeah, yeah so yeah, it's yeah. like so i always yeah. say like you, you have to have a plan you have to have a game plan and a reason and as long as you have a game plan and a reason for for doing these things i think it's fine you know um yeah because i know because i i even help train train other uh coaches when it comes to fitness business as well and we we kind of push them to get shredded, and and the reason is yeah. is just because like the trainers that's coming online and, and want to present themselves, they're they they think they're healthy, but they're not healthy, you know. And and, yeah. and when it comes to like the competition online and, and trying to impress somebody, it's just not it, it's it's going to be hard for you to do that because mm-hmm. it's like the fitness industry is so liquidated that anyone can can sell programs these days you know like someone could do a bodybuilding yeah. show win a show and then start selling programs with no education about experience no experience yeah. about working out they're just they're just selling a program of what they personally did you know but yeah. they don't have no real experience when it comes to individuality you know so yeah. this is why it's so liquidated and when when it comes to these new coaches i tell them this i'm like this is why you have to kind of put yourself out there and stand out. But at the same time, you don't want to be fake either. <laughs> you know, so it's like, yeah, yeah. so that's why I was like, you know, you want to have some type of transparency when when it comes to, you know, promoting yourself and things like that. But I I was like, in the beginning, I would get pretty lean, pretty cut, pretty ripped. You know, show show that side, show, show the side what that's what's possible. And then once you have enough clients and, you know, you're already proving yourself, you got a good following, things like that, then you can start showing the other parts like bulking and, and things like that. Cause that's, that's what I did, you know? And yeah. now I'm showing that part as well and being very transparent and showing people like, yeah, this is what I do. This is what I look, here's my weekly progress, you know, and, and talking about that side. Yeah. Beautiful. So yeah, Curran, thank you very much, dude, for for jumping on the show today. For everyone listening, um, he does offer coaching as well. So I'll put his link in the description below if you want to check it out. He's an awesome coach. He's transformed a lot of people. He's transformed a lot of the coaches that are coaches online. So definitely recommend checking him out. Brother, I appreciate you for jumping on, man, and looking forward to us to record another episode at one point. No doubt, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to rate the podcast as it helps us grow and spread our message. And if you know this will help and resonate with someone, be sure to send it their way so that they can have the opportunity to level up their life as well.